broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 165. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And this is the show for the week of Monday, May 26th. It's Memorial Day week. Yay? Yay, happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, It's also very late for us. We're all very, very tired. Uh, End of a week here. We're recording on our normal Thursday night, so hopefully nothing big happens tomorrow. And we hope you had a great weekend. But if something big does happen tomorrow, we'll cover it next week, if it's still pertinent. Yeah. See? See, we always have you in mind. Hey, we want to give a shout-out to our friends over at truckradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Also, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at 48-14, the best host you can possibly hope for. They will go to absurd lengths to keep you up and running and give you the best service they possibly can. You should definitely check them out if you're looking to host a website at 48-14.com. Uh, we're also brought to you this week, again, by the new comic series, Symptom, written by Tanner Leigh Carter and with art by Roland Kalninus. Symptom tells the story of Orval, a mild-mannered guy who finds out he's developed Christopher Dennis disease. Possible side effects include nausea, vomiting, headache, bursting into flames, flying, mood swings, and shooting laser beams from the eyes. Uh, check out this unique take on what happens to a typical guy who discovers that his world just got a lot more interesting. For more information or to pick up the first issue, you can check out the link to Comixology in the show notes or visit SymptomComic.com. And i got to correct you real quick. It's not Tanner Lay Carter. It's Tanner Lee Carter. Oh. Well, he should respell his name then because that's kind of ridiculous. I just, just saying... It's Lee. Speaking as the speaking as the guy who has like the most phonetic name on earth, you should spell your name phonetically. I concur. Phonetics are worked for me. <laughs> what did they? Yes, phonetics yeah, are worked for me. Sure thing there's zoner. <laughs> I don't think it's Zoner's fault that you kept calling him Zoner for the longest time. <laughs> okay, so so um back in the day when we used to work together, um I was actually Zoner's boss. For, for a short while there. And uh, I called him Zoner, I want to say for almost eight months, and he never corrected me until I finally just stopped and turned like, am I saying it right? Is it Zoner? And he's like, actually, it's Zoner. To this, so maybe that's Zoner's fault that he didn't correct you. It's totally his well, fault. Well, you know, I got tired of correcting people by about the time I was five. So Yeah, trust me, been there, done yeah, that. Yeah, so, you know, you just, <laughs> you just roll with it. But I think it's funny that even all these years later, there are still certain... Um, individuals with whom we roll who still no clue. Yeah. Well, and, and if it's any consolation, I actually, my name is not actually Zook. That's my nickname. It's my nickname that's so prevalent that my wife doesn't call me by my full name. My kids don't know my full name. Uh, and it's because that uh, when I went, entered the workforce at 18, no one could say my name. And I got so tired of trying to explain it to them and taking up so much time explaining to them how to say it and where it came from. And yes, I know it's very unique and I seriously don't care that I just started going by Zook. They still don't pay attention, but now they just think my name is Luke or Duke or Peter or Zeke or something. <laughs> Peter. I like how you went from all the Ook names to Peter. Peter. I get called I'll John the all the time. I don't know why, but people call me John all the time. Cause John's honor would be an awesome name. John's honor. Not as cool as John Johnson. 
world adventurer extraordinaire. True, but would you change your last name, too, if you changed your first name to John? No, because I like my last name. It's unique. That's my point. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do we have any headlines? Uh, do we have any feedback? No, we don't. We are unloved. You should send us feedback. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. <laughs> I did get feedback from uh, my neighbor, who is an avid listener. He wants the uh, pre-shows to come back. So he's he's kind of sad about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have him do the pre-shows. It's going to be a half hour of him dancing in front of a camera. <laughs> you're, you're welcome to do that, Craig. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, we, it, instead of doing the, uh, the pre-show, we did launch the SD files. Yes, we have one episode in. The pilot episode is out there, and I think that the download numbers were strong enough within the first 24 hours that we got picked up for a second episode. Yes. Yes, the funding was there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, th- does that mean we're going to get paid? <laughs> no. Oh, man. We'll get paid in internet dollars. Yes. No, it- you can't say that because those are real things now. <laughs> that's a real- oh, that's true. Monopoly money. That's true. You we got Bitcoin. Money. Yeah. Okay, well, into our actual headlines, now that we've wasted enough time, uh, into the first one that we got earlier this week, YouTube, or rather Google through YouTube, is looking at making another purchase. I know, really? Like that's supposed to be a surprise anymore? (laughs) It's it's their purchase of the month. (laughs) Yeah. It's their purchase of the week club. Uh, They are looking to buy the gaming streaming service, Twitch, for $1 billion. Now... We haven't talked a lot about Twitch on this show. I don't think we've ever brought it up, in fact. Uh, we, nope, we may have briefly, but yeah, we haven't dwelt on that. So what is Twitch? What's a good way of explaining it? A this? Twitch, Twitch is something that happens when your muscles go all <laughs> funny involuntarily. Oh, yeah, that, that, that is kind. a Twitch, but <laughs> Twitch.tv uh, is a service that um, gamers can use to stream their gaming experiences. Uh, it's kind of like a... You know, when you if you've ever watched Let's Play on YouTube, or um, if if you've watched anyone play online, it's most likely through a streaming service. And Twitch.tv is uh, one of the most popular ones. And and yeah. even now, Minecraft even has it built into Minecraft, where you can just stream straight to Twitch, straight from Minecraft. How useful is that? This <laughs> is a phenomenon that has honestly kind of. Um left me scratching my head. Uh, not even the acquisition. We'll get into the acquisition here in a moment. But the idea of Twitch streaming really does kind of baffle me. Now, back in the day, I used to play EVE Online. Schmidty still does. I believe he still does. Yep. And once a year, they had their annual PvP tournament, where these huge alliances would go through this huge tournament roster to see who was the best, and they would stream those. But it wasn't just streaming. They had commentators. They had cameramen. They were controlling the way you could see things. They were showing stats. It was like an actual, honest-to-goodness, ESPM-style game. That I watched. You know, but just watching someone else play the game, I never understood. Well, back in the day, you may be too young to remember this, but me being an old man on staff, um, I would go to the arcade or the 7-Eleven, or wherever there were arcade machines. And I would watch people just play games for hours. And yeah. I wasn't the only one. I mean, this is this is a phenomenon that's been around since the early 80s. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, because uh, it's almost like there's two different types of gamers. There's gamers that love to be watched. 
Um, and there's gamers that love to observe other people. Um, my son is, is one that likes to be watched. He'll have friends come over just to watch him play, and they're happy just sitting there watching him play. Um, and I find that especially a lot more prevalent with the young younger kids. Most of the kids that are are streaming the, or most of the people that are streaming their games are from the younger generation. They're they're nine between the ages of nine and thirteen, um, and and they have hundreds, sometimes thousands of watchers. It's amazing. There's people that get paid based on how many people watch them on Twitch. Like there's this dude that I work with. He watches some like I don't know, 14 year old kid. I'm guessing from Netherlands or something. Uh, play League of Legends, and the kid's mm-hmm. a professional gamer. He gets corporate sponsorships because these people will watch him. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. I've I've seen him play. <laughs> um, but an, another another just interesting thing about um, streaming video game play. I know we're kind of getting off on a tangent, but um, where there are a lot more independently built games now nowadays. You don't have huge corporations making a lot of games now. Uh, I mean, you still do, but you have a lot more indie games, too. Uh, those games don't usually don't come out with manuals or don't come out with, you know, help guides or strategy guides. It's up to the users uh, or the, the players of the game to come up with that material. And what better way to do that than to stream your own game? So street, uh, Twitch.tv and, and a lot of the other ones out there, the names aren't coming to me, but um, have helped the indie game market where when someone figures something out in an, in, in an indie game, they can easily show other people just by streaming their game. So Now, and I should clarify too, because this is not a game review service, right? You can't right. You go into GameTrailers.com and they may be giving you a, a game review and you can see them playing. Okay, that's not that. Uh, there's also Fails of the Week that Rooster Teeth does where it's all the user-submitted content from Halo Reach, Halo 4, uh, all the really bad multiplayer fails. Which, you know, Schmitty, did you know they're still doing that? They're like on episode 187 now. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> but And that's not what we're talking about either, because those are user-submitted video clips. If you have not seen it before, just to really paint you an accurate picture, imagine you've walked in on your nephew or your son or your brother or someone, and they're just playing a video game, and you're just sitting there watching them. Yep. It's not a walkthrough. It's not a speed run. It's not to show you a cool Easter egg. It's them just kind of, you know, dirking around. Mm-hmm. Well, and some of them will, will have certain topics. So, like, while they're streaming, they'll, they'll have a purpose as to why they're streaming. Um, I watch a lot of Minecraft ones, and, and sometimes they'll stream to show a specific part of Minecraft. Um and and that's what they'll do, and they'll just keep repeating it, or people will ask questions, and they'll do things based on those questions. So it, it gives a little more of an interactive style walkthrough, kind of a a, a one up from the static YouTube videos that you've seen. So yeah, right up until you know you're watching a Twitch stream and. The guy's been AFK for 20 minutes. Yeah, and that has happened too. <laughs> you're just looking. He's just staring at his feet. <laughs> he's watching. He's like, hold on. Now, i got to go get uh, some, some burgers. I'll be right back. Yeah, I, I was going to say Mountain Dew and Doritos. Yep. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, Twitch streaming was not around back in the day when you couldn't turn your console off for fear of losing your progress. <laughs> yeah. 18 hours. They've just been sitting here at the same time. I think he's at school. Uh, now, <laughs> now 
back to the headline at hand. How would a YouTube acquisition of this unique service change things, or would it? I think it would add more to YouTube, because YouTube does offer um, live streaming service, and you can plug your game in through it. But um, I, th- I think Twitch's interactivity is a lot more immersed than, than YouTube. So I think it would add a lot more tools to YouTube's set of tool or toolbox. Okay, so we're looking at possibly adding more, a lot more users to YouTube, right? A lot more daily interactions to YouTube. Yeah. I think the interactions is a good point. I don't think users so much. I mean, users, YouTube's got a ton of users. That's true. Uh, so and I, that's, that's like zero zero one percent. Yeah, I, yeah. There's probably a lot of overlap there. Well, People and, on Twitch also use YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're going to add a whole lot of new users, but I think you may add more engaged users. I okay. I I just had a, had a thought. Twitch interaction with Google Hangouts. Someone's streaming their game, and then you can see people that are watching at the bottom as a as a hangout bar, the people that are offering suggestions and stuff. That'd be kind of yeah. Cool. That doesn't sound like a, a very good. That's like a horrible <laughs> multiplayer chat roulette thing going on there. That I don't think <laughs> I, I see that being abused pretty heavily. Because uh, you can you can um, decide who's in your whose video is showing up on your feed and whatnot. So it can be controlled. Not to say that the the nine to thirteen year olds would would control that, but do you think a nine to thirteen year old really would care? No, they probably. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say that they wouldn't that they might not know how to do that, but that's that's not true. A, a nine to thirteen year old would know how to do that, but you're right. Would they care? They probably yeah they they probably think it was hilarious. A forty nine yeah. to fifty three year old, however, would have no clue how to even launch the e- blue E into the hangout. I'm s- streaming my game here of cribbage. Uh, oh, oh, the internet's watching me play Bejewel. Martha, <laughs> I didn't know they were all staring Bejewel. at me. Uh, okay, I'm just waiting uh, for the Twitch stream of Farmville. I I was going to say that I should I should stream myself playing Farmville just so everyone can see how exciting it is. <laughs> Zook's giving me that look like um no. Joey no. visited your farm. He, he Dang did. it, Joey! You didn't revive my crops. <laughs> okay, into some more uh, serious news. And by serious, I mean like corporate uh, international espionage. Uh, first off, China has decided that uh, they are going to ban Windows Eight. Why? Well, according to them, the most secure version of Windows is not very secure. This from the country that is still 80% Windows XP. (laughs) Let's see how long that country stays so secure now that support for Windows XP is gone. Uh, To which Microsoft kind of answered, fine, we'll sell you Windows 7. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice comeback. I mean, really, it's like, okay, that's great. You know we have other operating systems too, right? Okay, that's wonderful. Uh, this, so are they I, switching I, to Mac or what? I, I mean, I call shenanigans, and here's why. Because China's involved? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly why. I do believe that China in, enjoys, they enjoy having an unsecured network. And, and the reason why is because China is also the world's superpower in terms of hacking. They are constantly hacking. They are getting into all sorts of different things, all sorts of different ways. Uh, in fact, that'll go, be our next headline. But I think personally that they enjoy having an unsecured population 
because that means that they can go in and get state secrets. Oh, sorry, not state secrets, but they can hack their own population, their own civilians. They can hack them for information, but they can also hijack their machines to do other things for them. Like hack U.S. Yeah, <laughs> this may sound really conspiracy theory-esque, but I, I promise you, if he were still alive, Tom Clancy would have written a book like this, and everyone would have freaked out about how accurate it sounded. <laughs> or, or I can one-up that conspiracy theory. What if... Um, there's more to Windows 8 security than than we think. That it's actually blocking outgoing hacks, and maybe that's why they don't want to use it. Because now with Windows 8, they can't hack the U.S. or other countries. It's possible. I think it's also really possible that uh, by default, Windows 08, uh, Windows 08, yeah, Windows <laughs> 8, wow, Windows X Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. If you haven't used it yet, um, it asks you, and you can skip this step, but usually you shouldn't. Uh, it asks you to link your Microsoft account to the operating system. So when you log into your computer, you're actually logging in using your Microsoft account. Well, I don't want a Microsoft account. I'm a Google fan, or I'm an Apple fan, or, or who knows. You know, If you've got an Xbox, guess what? You have a Microsoft account. It doesn't even have to be an Outlook address or a Hotmail address. Mine's a Gmail address, for heaven's sakes. But it still links it. I had Windows 8 at work where I had a domain computer. My domain computer was still linked to my Microsoft account. By my choice. You know, it was my choice. But the point I'm getting at is maybe they don't want to use Windows 8 because if Microsoft ever tries to take a look to see who's doing all that hacking, people's actual Microsoft accounts are linked to the computers. (laughs) Just a theory. I'm just floating that out there. I have nothing to back that up. That actually makes a lot of sense, though. And it kind of goes right into our next headline. And we'll revisit this one if we want here. But the FBI has actually named Chinese hackers in their most wanted poster. They they went out and said, okay, you know, we're tired of this. And they actually named them and put pictures of them. These are Chinese nationals who have been hacking us like crazy. This is the first time anyone has ever done anything like this. Well, I'm surprised that the federal government, of which the FBI is, is actually acknowledging that China is doing something that we don't like. Because you listen to the politicians, and China is our best friend. And so, for them to admit that, yeah, China is hacking us, China is doing this and this, and these guys are bad guys because they're hacking us. I'm surprised well, that they're actually coming forth with that. Well, the reason the FBI is coming forth with this is because this is normally, you know, cyber terrorism, you know, or cyber espionage. Where the FBI never gets involved in that. The reason being is because, sure, the U.S. hacks. The U.S. military hacks military targets. It's done. Every country out there has a cyber espionage unit that hacks other governments. Iran has one. Okay, Pakistan has one. It doesn't matter how backwater you think the country is, they have a cyber espionage unit. It's just kind of how it is. However, these hackers are military hackers. They're part of an actual unit in China, and they've been hacking U.S. companies, not the U.S. military. That's why the FBI is involved. It's because it's no longer a military action. It's no longer terrorism. It's corporate theft. 
But how long have they been doing this for? I mean, um, evidently for quite a while. They're accused of hacking into six American private sector companies, stealing secrets, trade secrets, and giving them to Chinese state-run companies. And that's my point exactly. They've been doing this for a long time, which is why mm-hmm. I'm surprised that it's just now the FBI is saying, oh, wait a minute. We might want to look into this. So they can make us all those wonderful, the Deets headphones, right, Schmitty? <laughs> the, the Pete's, yeah. Oh, yeah, Pete's. Pete's <laughs> headphones. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty ballsy. Well, good for him. You know, hopefully it sends a message, although I really, in all honesty, don't expect anything to come of it. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, the FBI raid on some, like, Chinese apartment, studio apartment or whatever they live in, where you got these hackers just all set up. They, like, kick in the door, and there's the Chinese equivalent of Mountain Dew and Doritos everywhere, and dudes in his tidy whities with a wrist guard on his hand because of the carpal tunnel and pulling him out in his, yeah, just... You're, you're getting really involved in this little fantasy. I am, I am. It's like some terrorist raid where the hair's like all messy, except it's like some little Chinese hacker, dude. Now, the thing is, though, is that in this increasingly global economy, I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen here. And this is why I say this. This is not a headline, but it is headline news, if you haven't already heard. Russia has stopped, has basically banned all U.S. astronauts from going up to the International Space Station. <laughs> But that's not it. They've actually banned all operations to the ISS, which means the ISS is basically just going to deorbit and crash. Okay, Uh, and this is comes after the whole Crimea Ukraine thing. Putin invading the Ukraine. We put sanctions in place. They got mad. Uh, They talked about bombing us, and they're going to block the space program. That's all sounds like a big tangent, but are we risking? issues with China by outing their hackers and making a stand like this. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. We should do this. But unfortunately, it is the very unfortunate truth that China holds a lot of economic sway over us. Is this going to be another ISS thing only financially or technologically wise? You know, I keep waiting for that moment where China says, okay, we've had enough we're calling all your debt due, or we're taking the eastern half of the United States, which I'm cool they're with. Repo. Yeah, they're, they'll just repo us. Um, you know, I keep wondering at what point that's going to happen. Maybe this is it. We shall take scenic Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> they can have Wyoming. Just get, just let us keep Yellowstone. You know, you say that, but if you've ever played Catan, you know you don't want to give them that spot right in the center of our nation. I know. That's true. Plus, there's oil. There's oil. Not that it matters, because it's not like we can drill Uh, for it anyways. Not not to dissolve into politics or Catan. um, It does kind of make me wonder what the long-term implications of this is going to be. Okay. Um, As for the Chinese not wanting Windows 8, fine. They're still paying Microsoft for Windows 7, which means they're still paying a U.S. company, and that makes me kind of happy inside. Look at you taking pride in your country. (laughs) Um, Okay, in other news, Sprint, and I didn't even know this was an issue. 
this headline kind of caught me off guard. Sprint came to a um, an agreement with the FCC that, okay, yeah, you know that do not call list that President Bush put out there, what was it, like eight years ago? 2003, yeah. Okay, 11 even, years. Yeah, 11, wow. Um the do not call list that no one really took seriously. Yeah. Sprint went right ahead and called you anyway, or they sold the list. Yeah. Well, um, well Sprint doesn't own the list. They, they can't sell it, but, but when someone's on the do not call list, you cannot call them for a sales call. That's the simple part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sprint did anyway and has agreed to pay 7.5 million to the FCC. How much of that will go to people that they telemarketed to? Probably none. Unless yeah. you had a formal complaint open. You, if you had a formal complaint open with Sprint on, uh, based on this, you might get a dozen dollars or something like that. I don't know. Something really small. You won't get $7.5 billion. Million. <laughs> so. Well, my question is, what are they going to do with that fine? You know, If you're going to make them pay... Not much money. It should go to the people that were, you know, harmed by that. That should be like to compensate them, as opposed to going to pay for some SEC executive's new yacht. You're right. It it should. And and the only problem with that is how do you know who all has has been called, um, in you know. In uh, going against the do not call registry, anyone whose name was on the list should get a piece of that action. <laughs> that's well, that's one way to do it, but not everyone was called. That's a no, lot of people. Mind to pay that out. Sprint has more than seven point five million subscribers. If they did that, they could potentially be giving everyone like ninety cents. Still, right. ninety well, cents is ninety cents. That'll go buy you not much. A Shasta, but. <laughs> But I mean, that was, that's my argument: is that not not everyone on the do not call registry has has been affected by this. The only way to know if if they have is if they have um, lodged a formal complaint, um, and that's that's where it's hard. You know, with lawsuits like this, like where where is the money going? We don't know. Are they are they lawyers using it to pay more lawyers to find more people that are that are not adhering to this? Or yeah, it's a really uh, shady uh, thing. And not just that, it's like not all Sprint subscribers are on the do not call. Not all people on the do not call were called. Well, okay, that's another thing. If someone, if you're on the do not call registry and you're a Sprint subscriber, Sprint can call you. If you've dealt with Sprint, they can call you up to 18 months after uh, you're done doing business with them, even though you're on the do not call registry. So Because you've the, got a previous relationship with them. Yeah. The do not call registry doesn't... Um, mean that no one can call you it just means that other people can't solicit your your business unless you're already doing business with them so sprint can call their customers all they want the customers can't complain one iota about that because they signed an agreement saying yeah you can call me you know so they should kind of complain that they're with sprint though i mean this is true sorry that's a low blow <laughs> that's a different article for a different <laughs> my blackberry on the sprint network just sucks so bad yes yes it does but there is light at the uh, at the end of the tunnel it's called any other phone <laughs> and any other here here's a nokia <laughs> x enjoy take it over to t-mobile there you yeah. go 
Okay, um, in Microsoft news, other than you know the Windows, they launched what people were not expecting. People were expecting a Surface Mini, Surface being their tablet, and instead they launched a Surface Pro. Uh, the new one is called the Surface Pro 3, and it may actually finally be the laptop killer. I know, they've, they've, they've branded that phrase around for a while. Even Apple tried using it with the iPad for a while. I think Android, almost every Android tablet has tried to say, we're the, I, we're the laptop killer. This one may actually do it. And here's why I say that. It is a 12-inch tablet, I mean, 12-inch screen. The bezel's not that thick, so that's a plus, right? Mm-hmm. If, you haven't seen a ta- if you haven't seen a Surface yet, it's just a tablet. Okay? We all know what tablets are. But this tablet has an x86 processor, which means it's not running Windows RT, it's not running Android, it's not running some dumbed-down version. It's full-on Windows with a Core i7 quad-core processor in there. That's that's freaking fast. Freaking amazing. That's, that's really fast. Uh, the top-level one has 512 gigs of solid-state uh, memory. It has a quad HD monitor or screen on there, and it can output to two other monitors. It's it that, is a powerhouse. Yeah, that's that's more powerful than than half the laptops on the market today. Uh, I'm sitting here at my laptop. It's an i7, 256 gigs solid state drive. Um, this compares pretty closely to my laptop. Um, slap a, an external keyboard on that, and it's a it's a laptop. Funny you should say that because, like all previous surfaces, it has a type cover, meaning that the cover turns into a full-blown keyboard, and it has a variable resistance kickstand, which means that the kickstand can open anywhere from zero degrees to I think like 160 yeah. is what it was, which means the thing can lay plat- practically down, or you can take the uh, the keyboard off and you just have a tablet. All that, and it still has a five to six hour battery life, and the prices are starting at eight hundred dollars. That is going to be a problem, and and here's why: I don't think eight hundred dollars is too much, but that's because I'm looking at it from a laptop, laptop standpoint. Yeah, from a tablet standpoint, that's horribly expensive. Yeah, yeah, and it, it is a big downside because uh, most consumers are going to—they're not going to realize the power of this thing. They're going to look at the eight hundred dollar price mark and think, oh, "I'll just go buy an iPad for three hundred dollars less." And See, I was actually wondering out. that. Is that going to hurt sales if they look at that and say, oh, it's a tablet, $800, yeah. screw that. How, well, however, uh, people going in looking for a laptop and then finding, oh, here's a laptop power. Uh, at, this is as powerful as a laptop, but then I can use it as a tablet and it's $300 cheaper than what I was planning on spending. Sure, I'll pick it up. So. My mom was looking at this and she completely on her own and said, Yep, that's what I want. That's my next machine. Because she and I have been looking at new laptops for her. But when she saw this, the thing is more powerful than my laptop that I'm sitting here with. And my laptop weighs like 16 pounds. (laughs) It's like an anchor. I don't get battery life like that. The only difference is is that I have a 17-inch screen and this is a 12. But you know what? For how light that is and how little I'd have to carry, I'm willing to make the sacrifice. So, I mean, it's an incredible bit of hardware kit. I don't think any other manufacturer is going to be able to keep up with it. But frankly, to be fair, I don't think any other manufacturer is trying. No, they're all going with the just straightforward tablets at this I, point. 
I'm thinking most manufacturers are 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 thinking that this is a, a dying niche. Um, you know, there, there's tablets and there's laptops and there's no in between. Uh, we've we've tried having the in betweens for the last three years now or two years, um, maybe three, and they've done nothing but fail uh, in in the consumer's eyes, I guess. And so. I think I think a lot of manufacturers are are really hesitant to try again, and maybe this will will um, spin it off again where people are starting to see that this is what this is what we want. If if consumers can get it into their heads that that uh, you know an eight hundred dollar tablet is a viable option since it can do more than your current computer, then maybe it'll start to take off. Well, and that's going to be the real challenge for Microsoft's marketing team, which unfortunately is manned by monkeys. <laughs> they don't have the best track because record. Yeah. They do not have a good track record. It took the Surface almost a full year to get an ad out that everyone's like, ooh, that's a really good ad. Before that, it was just like, okay. Well, that's what happens when you've got, like you said, monkeys doing it. You know, it was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Microsoft, this one's on me, Okay. Totally free, just because I want to see you do well, okay? Because you mean that much. You know how Apple just poached Nokia's head of camera design and they just bought Beats? Why don't you go ahead and headhunt some of uh, Apple's marketing team? Oh, Good I was going to say Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Because <laughs> that wouldn't hurt either. Yeah, I, thought that, I totally thought that's where you were going with your monkey reference. Let's get an intelligent monkey who can lead a revolution. <laughs> It kind of makes me wonder if they didn't put out any ads for it or didn't worry about marketing, because maybe they're they're so um, they were so prideful about their product that they think that oh this this will just market itself. People are going to discover this and it's going to be the next best thing next to air, and it's going to take off on its own. Kind of think it doesn't. That doesn't work. <laughs> well, it kind of seems like that's how Microsoft thinks about their products sometimes. Like, this is the shiznit. <laughs> you know, in the industry that I'm in, I can tell you that everybody thinks that about their product. Yeah, but no, they, they put the money into the marketing to back it up. Yeah, but nobody comes in and says, yeah, this product really kind of sucks. Well, actually, I do have one client who says that. <laughs> but she's she's not, like, the pe- person developing them. But, um, yeah, nobody goes in thinking that their product is a failure, and they always think that their product is going to be the next big thing to revolutionize whatever they're trying to revolutionize, which is why they do what they do. Yeah. And so but they- I, I can totally understand Microsoft saying, hey, we've got this awesome product. Let's throw it out there. It's amazing, and it will stick, and people will love it, and it's going to go you know, viral and be more awesome than sliced bread and, and bread before have, that. We don't have to advertise it because it's just that awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, Microsoft, if you want to send me one of these, you know, in exchange for that idea I gave you, I'd happily take it. I could do this entire show on that. All of us could. Um, yeah. So <laughs> send three. <laughs> Into some bad news. Um, this one kind of flew under the radar. The first most people heard about this was the warning saying that you should probably change your password. But eBay was subjected to a massive data breach this week. Um they lost information. They lost a lot of information. If you have not yet changed your eBay password, you should do that. 
Now, to be clear, they say that no PayPal information was lost, just eBay. And analysts are still not really sure how the information was lost, but one of the theories I've heard floated out that floated, um, put out there was that it was the same uh, vulnerability that hit Target last year, late last year. Why did you change your wording there? You said floated and then corrected yourself. What's wrong with floated? I don't think it's a word. Floated? It float? It has. I'm pretty sure Ruffle, Ruffle correct me one way or the other, but I'm fairly certain floated is not a word. Has floated, flow-stifted, change password. The bubbles did floated. Yes. Um, <laughs> Where do I now, change So far, my... eBay is saying that they have seen no fraudulent activity, and, and I can't help but think that they must have some way of determining that, but if they do, I can't figure out how they would. So, if... Are, are they just saying change your passwords as a precaution? Yeah. Or has the fraudulent activity not hit yet? That's, that, that's still to come. Now, the database that was hit did include customers' names, encrypted password, email addresses, physical addresses, phone numbers, and date of birth. Which, by the way, is all the information needed to steal your identity. Oh, good. At least they didn't get anything, you know, too bad. They didn't get my credit cards. Just enough information to apply for another one. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know they didn't get social security numbers because eBay doesn't ask for that. But honestly, if you know what you're doing and you know where to get the information from, you don't need it. No, scary, you really don't. Scary stuff. Changing my password uh, right now. Yeah, I already did. <laughs> Um, into kind of a controversial. No, let's skip the controversial. Let's let's push it off till a bit later. Okay, let's get to the funny. Uh, first off, funny wise, Ohio prisons have evidently been breaking the law. People who have gone to prison for pirating movies report that they have been watching movies in prison, shown by the guards and by the wardens, for movies that haven't been released yet. Which means that the prison is showing these inmates pirated movies that's just too awesome <laughs> how do you see movies that haven't come out yet go to jail <laughs> yeah okay maybe not i <laughs> i don't even i the headline for this is perfect ohio jail this is from uh, reason.com but ohio jail shows pirated movies to entertain inmates jailed for pirating movies Probably not 100% true, but... You know, interestingly, this art, I don't know if you've noticed, but in this article, there's two images, and both images are um, scenes of a guy holding a gun to a girl's head. They're they're both from Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. The new one and the, the old original. one. <laughs> yeah, but I just think it's an interesting thing when talking about inmates. <laughs> it seems to be a popular scene. We keep showing it for them on loop. They really like that. So was it Total Recall that was? No. Uh, no, I and it was here that it was in Ride Along and Wolf of Wall Street. Not even released on DVD and showing them on. Yeah. Way to go there. You know, can you really blame them, though, for referencing a movie with Kate Beckinsale in it? Mm, no. Didn't think so. 
Yeah, um, I just think that's hilarious. So, are the feds going to crack down on these people? What's going to happen to them? Because obviously they broke the law. Do they need to go in with and sit and be cellmates? They could be they could be like bunk mates. Because that's what happens in prison. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not something you want a, a prison guard to go in as. Well, isn't isn't there also um, a part of the law that says you can't broadcast um, as a public showing uh, a DVD? So, which is more illegal, showing a DVD to prison inmates or downloading it illegally to show to prison inmates? Or does it there not are, apply because they're the government? There are exceptions. Yeah, yeah. Put the libertarian card away there, Zoner. There are exceptions <laughs> to the whole... That's a legit um, question, Zook. Legitimate. Instance, schools. <laughs> <laughs> there are... There are exceptions to the whole copyright thing. Uh, schools have permission to, you know, if they have a DVD, if they have a movie, there's no way they can show it to just a small handful of the class. They're going to show it to the entire class. That's technically a public showing. Because it's an education thing. That's an exception. Right. So I would imagine that prisons have the similar exception for legitimate media. Prison is, is an educational thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were showing the inmates Donald in Mathematic Land. <laughs> Just Man, a, I love that movie. It's awesome. Um, in other kind of funny news, the FBI tried um, serving Microsoft a secret data request. And uh, in a rare turnabout, Microsoft fought it, challenged it, and won. Uh, uh, FBI asked for data concerning an unnamed enterprise customer's account um, with a national security letter. The request also came with a gag order saying Microsoft couldn't talk about it. Uh, Microsoft said, no. No, we're going to challenge all of that. Um, And the FBI actually withdrew. (laughs) Wow. That is kind of funny. And I know I, I often sound like the whole, the, I'm the Microsoft cheerleader here, and I'm not trying to say that, but I, I would say this is cool no matter what company did that, because that's just awesome. Yeah, well, I'm confused here, because um, how is a national security letter, letter different from a subpoena or a warrant? Uh, if they if they issued a subpoena, would they be able to get the information? Or That's a good question. I don't know. You might be right. I think it's more the gag order that Microsoft fought. Oh. Yeah, good point. But either way, yeah, the entire request was withdrawn. Very cool. I just like to see people standing up to the man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In follow-up news, in kind of embarrassing follow-up news, last week we recorded really late, and it allowed us to get you that um, that headline that AT&T might buy DirecTV for $50 billion. And Schmitty said that we weren't really sure that was going to happen. Zahner said that would be the dumbest thing if it happened. And I questioned why would it happen. Eight hours later, it happened. (laughs) It's going down. (laughs) Like 6 a.m. Eastern Time, Sunday morning, it was announced that it happened. $48.7 billion, and AT&T now owns one satellite cable company. I shouldn't say satellite cable company. That doesn't make sense, does it? Because that's um, ancient technology. You don't well, you even have, want, I mean, you have to hook cables up to the satellites, the, the receivers, so it's a satellite cable. To the receive Yeah, not to the satellites. They're not dragging this extension cord. They're like they're like balloons. You, you tie keep the cable. 
You tie the yeah, cable but, to your wrist so that it doesn't fly off into the sun. Freaking satellite floated off again. <laughs> Got my own satellite. Wait, where did my wrist wristband go? So, uh, yeah, all the uh, hypotheticals we were talking about last week just became a lot less hypothetical. This is reality now. Um, again, talking with my mom, she immediately said something that I hadn't really considered, probably because of the generation gap. She goes, hmm, sounds like Ma Bell is back. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, we're all young enough that we live in a world where AT&T was ordered by the federal government to split up because they had a monopoly on everything. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember that, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> I'm old enough uh, to remember reading about it on Wikipedia. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, now, in case you didn't know, AT&T has already bought Cricket. Yeah. They already have their own other prepaid service that they're going to merge in with it. They've bought up many, many regional carriers. On top of that, they now own DirecTV. And the list just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So maybe, okay, so they were forced to break up, what was that, 15 years ago? More than that. Oh, it was the early 80s, I believe. Oh, that that was my bell, but AT&T was Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, then and they so did the singular. Now they're able to go around all these loopholes and and you know different clauses and tiptoe their way around you know monopolies and stuff like that and and slowly bring it all back together. Somehow yeah. they're able. Well, to- and and I had forgotten actually about that because you're right. They were forced to split up, and you had AT and T and you had Singular Wireless. Yeah. And only a few years ago, they were allowed to go back together. So, yeah, Ma Bell is back, baby. <laughs> Everyone run. Wow. I just hope they get Paul Reiser doing their commercials again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I had some other news, but completely forgot what it was. It's because I threw Paul Reiser into the show, isn't it? <laughs> he does that. He does that. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're having... Happy memories of Mad About You. Did we already talk about Nest? No. And, and, and Aliens. Okay. He was in Aliens, that's, too. That's right. That was a weird he was. Yeah. Um, hey, before we get into the Nest thing, the, the the new Arkham Knight trailer is up for Batman. Sweet. It's so sweet. And they actually have a new film coming out, um, Attack on Arkham, which is a departure because it's, uh, it follows the Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, Arkham Origins storyline and that timeline. And it actually features the Suicide Squad, which if you don't know who that is, you should definitely look it up. I know, we don't usually talk about video game stuff on here anymore, but I thought it was cool. Well, no, it's good to mix things up. I mean, yay! Star Wars yay. Episode Seven starts shooting this week as well. I'm sure Squishy covered that on the Scam Show, which you can hear here. Yeah, yeah. Nice little plug. Uh- uh, into the Nest news, and the reason we were giving this a bit more time, not that it's a talking point, but it's kind of a heated um, discussion we were having before on this. Uh, first off, this is not heated, but that would be a horrible pun if it were. Um, Nest has recalled <laughs> almost half a million of their uh, smoke alarms. That is a very <laughs> That's heated so awesome. <laughs> what? Uh, unintentional, horrible pun. Unintentional, unintentional, horribly awesome pun. Uh, There's an estimated 440,000 of these smoke alarms out there, and they are um, 
yeah, they are recalling them. For funny, it's not a glitch. They're recalling them for a feature. And I remember reading this feature going, that's not a very smart idea. <laughs> well, we talked about it on the show, I believe. Or If this smoke alarm goes off, you can perform a certain kind of wave, and it silences the whole system. Yeah, yes. They had false negatives or false positives on that on that wave. So there were times when a smoke alarm would go off and immediately be dis- disabled because it thought that you were waving at it. Well, <laughs> Maybe you were trying to clear the smoke from your face. Maybe you were waving for help. Maybe you have palsy. Who knows? But it was silencing the alarm system. Maybe it was the dog wagging its tail or the shadows of the trees blowing outside because and of the I- inferno. If I recall, I think that I saw somewhere that when you, uh, when people were, I guess when you silence it, it's supposed to come back on after a certain amount of time, and it was permanently disabling it until you actually went into the settings or whatever to, to fix it. So that that was a big deal too, and that's why they actually stopped selling them a few months ago, or part of why they stopped oh. selling them a few months ago. I, I love this. And this this article's on geek.com. Sorry, Zoner, but I just have to put this in here. And if you you need to read it as well, people out there, because it's a hilarious article. But the issue stems from something that sounds like a great idea. If the alarm is making noise, you can wave your hand in front of the unit to silence it. Neat, except this is a smoke alarm, and waving your hand is what you do if there's smoke waving around and you want to continue breathing. <laughs> On the other hand, if you're test um, if you're testing your smoke alarms, you want to have an easy way to turn it off. Yeah, it it's 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 a tough issue. I don't know. Neat Death neat idea. Waiting. Neat idea, but needs better Poorly implementation. Yeah. Maybe you wave with your your Google Glass or something. I don't know. <laughs> You can only activate your smoke alarm from your Windows, from, from, sorry, from your Google Android phone. You have to tap it with the NFC. It'll be just like the Nexus Q smoke alarm. Which is awesome because anybody can come over and disable your smoke alarm. Or get it to play their favorite party mix. Yeah, they just got to start tapping their phone on it. Okay, now uh, the, the other part of the headline is also... Oh, borderline at best nest related okay google was quoted as unfortunately defending its position on mobile ads to oh geez i don't even have the article here in front of me um they were they were being questioned about the legitimacy of being taxed on certain ads and google shot back saying that they shouldn't be because Ads can pop up anywhere on all sorts of different mobile devices and other devices that may not otherwise have the capability to deliver ads. Now, for one reason or another, this got picked up in the... Well, okay, actually, no, that's not one reason or another. The actual quote was, uh, content could be served up on refrigerators, car dashboards, thermostats, glasses, and watches, just to name a few possibilities. That's the quote. Now, that was said in December. Are they the coming out with the Google Fridge? Is that what he just gave up? Maybe. Who they knows? might be looking into it, yeah. Okay, yeah. carry on. They innovated the Fridge technology. No, sorry, the Apple Fridge would be the, the innovative one. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
now, they said this in December, before they ever bought Nest, the smart thermostat. But this hasn't stopped yeah, this hasn't stopped people, though, from wondering if maybe this is what they had all along. Well, to try and clarify that, Google has since come out and kind of given, as best a promise it can, that no, they're not going to serve up ads on your thermostat. This led into a huge discussion Schmitty had with us off, off the air about how he points out that no Google device that you buy ever actually serves up an ad. Other apps do, and I know I know all of our listeners are immediately thinking about Chrome and their phone, for, for, for good reason. But it's not Chrome giving you the ad, and it's not the phone giving you the ad. It's either the app you're in or the website you're on. Am, am I right there, Schmitty? Yeah. Yep. Okay. My counterpoint to that was, that doesn't mean that'll always be the case. And I think it is unfair or... Not it's short-sighted to think that Google will never do that or never unlock it so other people can do it. Mm-hmm. Here's my thought on that. I, I don't think they will ever do it on a device you actually pay for. Uh, their idea, you you brought up, uh, let's see, the G1, uh, back when they started getting into making phones, their idea of a phone was a phone that was free. You You get the phone for free, the phone service is free, and in that situation, it is, uh, I would agree with, in that situation, serving up ads straight through the phone, because that's how they would subsidize the phone. But a device that you pay for does not need to have ads on it. You've already paid for the device. So that's my argument of, of why they would never serve ads directly to the device in question, if you've paid for it. Not to sidetrack the topic here, because this, I think in my brain, this is still pertinent, but there's a lot of services that we pay for where we still get served ads. I mean, <coughs> Hulu. <laughs> yeah, Hulu is what I'm specifically thinking of. I tried to watch an episode of 24, 43 minute, 42 minute program, 60 minutes of commercials. Yeah. People with Hulu Plus, they pay their $8 a month, they still get served ads. So yeah. what's to prevent Google from taking that same that now, same now, um, let, let me let me interject there before Schmitty jumps in. <laughs> One could argue that Google has up to this point been quite noble and straightforward in saying, no, 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 if we said we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. Okay. And I, I think that's what I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Schmitty, but I, I think that's kind of what you were going to say. To a point, I mean, you can pay for something on Google and they won't serve you ads. We've we've purchased um, TV shows and movies through Google Play, and we don't get ads on those. So it's it's safe to say that Google, up to this point, has never put anything, any ads on anything you've paid for. But what happens when everyone else is doing it? Because I, I don't see Google being the type of company that says, no, no, no. We're going to stand strong to this kind of half-hearted promise we made 10 years ago. Even though everyone else is double-dipping, everyone else is making this money versus, well, everyone else is doing it. Does Google need to? Because they, they are the forerunners of advertising. They've, actually, they've, they've revolutionized advertising. They have, they're 10 years ahead of everyone else. Everyone else is playing catch-up, and so they're bending the rules, doing, doing the questionable things that Google doesn't need to do. So... Will Google ever and see, do that? maybe this is the cynical side of me. I don't think it's a question of do they need to. It's do they think they can. Well, 
And, and we know they can. That, <laughs> I'm not saying that just about Google. I think any company, if they can see an opportunity for more revenue, they'll do it. That, that sounds like you know, Comcast, AT and T, the the companies that have been around for 80 years or whatever, and they're. <laughs> Sorry, you just reminded me of the headline I was going to bring up. It's a quick one. The polls are in. Uh, Comcast and Time Warner have been rated once again as everyone's most hated ISPs. <laughs> they made it to the top of the poll again for another year in and, a row. Yeah, that's <laughs> for, probably for partially that reason, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so I mean, and so that it's a contrast, a huge contrast between the old companies like that that are stuck in these old business models, and new companies like Google and Facebook. I know Facebook wasn't even brought up yet, but um, they don't. They don't necessarily need to think like that because they never have and and don't have a reason to starting now. So, yeah, I, I understand your cynicism and 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 the the possibility is there, but I don't I don't think they'll ever need to come to that. So, just whether they need to come to that. True. Yeah. I, is I think irrelevant. I think this is Whether a good they thing to open up choose to, the listeners to come to too. that, yeah. What do you? Guys I think, think this is a good thing to open up to the listeners. What does everyone else think? Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Is Google the type of company that, if they could, they would serve up ads on things like thermostats and refrigerators and and watches? Remember that Google Watch is coming out, the Motorola Android sixty. Yeah, that gorgeous circular watch. Um, or do you think that, no, like Schmidt, you believe, no, they wouldn't do that. It doesn't make any sense. They'd never do that. We want to know. Um, it, and we could go on forever for, on this, but it, it is time for our favorites. I have a favorite that I think beats hands down everything else only because it is so freaking awesome. We all know who Neil Patrick Harris is. He's kind of a geek favorite. Um, he's been in Dr. Horrible. He's in Neil Dreams of Puppets. He was in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, he was in Harold and Kumar movies. Well, he has decided to write an autobiography. But like many people our age and our generation, he loved the build or choose your own adventure. So he wrote his autobiography as a choose-your-own-adventure-style book, meaning that you can choose your own autobiography. <laughs> you can make different choices at different sections, and his life could end up going completely different directions. I think it's hilarious. The cover to it looks hilarious. I love the uh, Temple of Doom reference down yeah. below. Um, uh, <laughs> it's available for pre-order. Um, you definitely have to check this out. The worst, though, is when you're like three pages in and all of a sudden he dies by a fiery yeah, just, dragon. That's, or dysentery or something. Yeah, that's no. that's the worst. Um, my favorite this week is a little bit different. It's a fail video. I don't usually do fail videos. I laugh at them, but you know, you see one, you've pretty much seen them all. This electrician fail video, though, is unique in the sense that this electrician fails so hard I just started laughing and could not believe what I was seeing within the first few seconds of watching the video. So give it a give it a look and <laughs> you'll enjoy it. Uh, my favorite, um, it's a music video. Uh, one of my favorite bands, Coldplay. Um, that's a song you probably haven't heard of. It's called True Love. Um, it's isn't this from the new album or? Yeah, uh, I think I I don't know, but it's real really cool. Uh, it kind of sounds like the 80s in some parts of it. 
um, which I like because I like 80s music. So check it out. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Uh, we want you to go ahead. Oh, again, we need feedback. Feedback at stolendroids.com or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Again, special thanks out to our friends and sponsors. And until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.